Welcome to Growing Bolder, a new podcast that celebrates the wonderful ways people are living life after 50. I'm your host, Linda Robson, and over the next six episodes, I'll be chatting to people who have all found a new lease of life, pursuing inspiring and entertaining passions and pastimes. This podcast is brought to you by Zesty Life, life insurance for the over 50s without the weight, so you can get on with something more interesting. She founded Fab After 50 in 2009. She's an advocate to counter ageism in the workplace. She's launching Career Reboot online program dedicated to helping people get into careers later in life and all at the age of 61. I'm talking about the wonderful Kerry Wilden. After working as a successful headhunter in Canada, she started her own headhunting business in the UK in the early 90s and has been fighting against age discrimination in the workplace ever since. Let's get her on. Kerry, hello, and thanks for coming on today. Welcome to Growing Boulder. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you, Linda, and thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, you're very welcome. We're looking forward to hearing all about you. Can you tell us a bit more about Fab After 50 and how the website came about? Well, I always said that I would do something different when I turned 50. Everybody that knows me knows that. I never quite knew what that was. Um, And I found all of a sudden there were things that I recognised in respect to ageism, both in my work as a headhunter and just generally doing things out there and in the media, where I felt that really society hadn't caught up with how we in our 50s saw ourselves. And I was in my late 40s at this stage. And so I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. But this is all sort of coming together. And then one day I happened to read an agony aunt letter that talked about somebody in her 50s had said her life she felt was over. Her daughter's life was very vibrant. And the agony aunt came back and said, well, you have to accept that the exciting part of your life is over and basically take up missing by a rocking chair. Well, and she, God, that's terrible. I know, I, I know, it was awful. And I thought, well, there has to be more to life than that because I had friends in their 50s. I wasn't quite 50 myself. And I was actually on a plane when I read this. And when I landed... I just Googled and there wasn't anything out there that I felt was positive. There were websites, but it was more like, what do you do in the war? It was all very sort of negative stuff. And I thought, well, I really wanted to provide a resource space, which would give women at this time over 50, I guess the tools they needed and the inspiration they needed to recognize, well, actually life can be wonderful over 50. Life doesn't end. And also a community where they could connect with each other to support each other as well. So I guess in some ways, I mean, this was, what, 12 years ago now, so it was a little bit ahead of the curve. Um, but that's that's the background behind it. And Fab After 50 covers everything from health and wellness to style and empty nesting. What are the greatest tips and tricks you've heard about recently? Oh, recently, I mean, there are so many tips and tricks. One of the things we do is we interview women who have reinvented their lives. So they give their tips and tricks, whether it's been to run their first marathon or write their first book or any business that they've set up. But in terms of general things, I mean, we have some quite serious things. We have some fun things as well. I mean, I think one that's interesting is like green concealer could be your new best friend if you need to do your makeup over 50 with big dark circles. I've never thought of using green concealer, but we've got makeup tips for that. Working from home a lot, we're all spending more time on our screens so you get dry eyes. The angle of your screen can actually affect how much your eyes dry out. So if, you have, if you're looking down at your screen, you don't dry as much as if you're looking straight ahead at your screen. So things like that, just sort of all, lots of little tips and tricks. Um, also, you're talking about the emptiness syndrome. Well, I think that's going to happen quite soon in our house. Um, what advice would you give me for that? Because I think two of mine are going to be moving on soon. Well, I guess 
empty nesting, first of all, I'm not the empty nesting expert. I don't have children of my own, so I haven't had to live through that myself. Um, but we've got lots of tips on there from people who are empty nesters. And I think one of the things is, I mean, obviously, there, there can be a sense of loss, but also an opportunity. There's an opportunity to reclaim you, reclaim your relationship, and define what you want this stage of your life to be with. Um, and certainly when it comes to empty nesting, I know one of the big things people have said is setting boundaries with your children when they leave home. So, for instance, how often are they expected to come home with their washing, for instance? You know, is the visit to mum and dad just to get the laundry done or is it actually to see them and spend quality time with them? So it's a question of redefining your boundaries and rediscovering the things that you're passionate about in life that now you've perhaps got the opportunity to do for yourself. And even find that space in your home, which might have been for the teenagers to use, which now it's for you to use for your hobbies. So that's some, those are just some of the things that have come across in our empty nesting section. As an older lady, I often think, am I dressing properly for my age? Um, but what advice would you give to us older ladies on dressing and our style? Oh. Well, I think, first of all, it's defining your own style. And you know instinctively there's something that when you look in the mirror, you, you know that you look good in. Whether they, and, and they analyse what it is about that. Is it the colour? Is it the cut? You know, is it because, it because you've got a sentimental memory? So it might look good to you, but that, if that's sentimental, it may not good, look good to anybody else. So think about the cut. Think about the colour. And when you're buying new clothes, don't be afraid to experiment. Go with a friend. Well, I guess we can't go out shopping now. Well, we will be able to again soon. But don't be afraid to experiment and think about how you can mix and match. And does your wardrobe fit your lifestyle today? Because I know that having worked more in a corporate environment, I was very much a suited and booted sort of person for decades. And when I came out of that, I had to adapt what I wore. So I wasn't a suited and booted person anymore because my lifestyle was more relaxed. So we could have a whole wardrobe of clothes that we love and suited our lifestyle 10 years ago or 15 years ago. But do we keep buying the same things that work with old patterns? So invest in the things that you really love. Look at cuts, look at color and look at at least five ways that you could wear it. Or five places, you know, on day one that you could actually wear this outfit so you can mix and match it with other things. Don't think about whole outfits. Think about what you combine together to make to create different looks. That's a good bit of advice, actually, because I tend to buy something and then think, oh, I've got no shoes or no nothing to go with that um, or no jacket that will go with it. Um, so I tend to stick to the same colours all the time. Ageism in the workplace is obviously a huge issue and you're really passionate about this, aren't you? Mm -hmm. What experiences Absolutely. have you had yourself or heard about in different industries? Well, I think, first of all, it's important to recognise that if somebody at 50 could have as many working years ahead of them as they have behind them with the increase in pension age and the financial pressures that people have, and also we're working for longer. So we want to be more, I guess, productive and contribute for longer. So to write somebody off at 50 and say they're going towards the end of their career that's, that's a very outdated way of thinking. So what I have noticed, and in fact, in my headhunting days, and this is one of the incidents that really, I guess, prompted me to sort of step up and do something about this, was and I had a short list of people for quite a senior level role. And it was a relatively young person, I'm going to say, that did the first interview. 
And when I got the feedback, I, th- I felt my best qualified candidate was a woman who happened to be in her 50s. So when I got the feedback, it was, oh, we couldn't hire her because it would be like working with your mother. And I was absolutely horrified. And I just thought, well, there are gentlemen on the shortlist over 50. Would that not be like working with your father? That's different. Now, fortunately, I was there as an intermediary and I had a very good relationship with the end hiring manager who asked me how I thought the interviews were going. And I said, I felt I had a concern and I explained my concern to him. He said, I'm concerned too. We're an equal opportunity employer. Age shouldn't come into it. Book her into my diary. And so that happened. But then I had to think, well, okay, that person was very lucky because I was in the middle. A lot of people wouldn't have me in the middle to argue their case for them. So that was one incident. And before lockdown, I was actually giving talks to HR departments and um, and corporates about the benefits of older workers to spread in a lot of the myths, like, you know, know, older workers can't learn, older workers can't do this. Because in fact, research shows the productivity increases. And it seems if one hiring manager had a bad experience with a new hire of 50, they would think that everybody they hired over 50 was going to be a not very good person to employ. And yet I'd say, well, haven't you empl- employed somebody in their 30s or 40s that hasn't worked out? They said, well, yes, but you don't hire nobody in their 30s or nobody in their 40s because you've had one bad, made one bad hiring decision. So I think there's a huge education that has to be, a lot of education that needs doing. But there are companies that have great diversity and inclusion policies. There are companies that do really well. Companies that have actually been caught out legally are the, some of the big IT companies because you've got some quite enlightened companies that realise that as most of the spending power now is with the over 50s. So why would you not want those people in there that understand your target markets working for you? It doesn't make sense. I'm nearly 63 and I feel like older and wiser than I've ever been and more comfortable exactly. in my body and everything. Mm-hmm. And I think it's changing a little bit because of, um, like, since I've been 60, I did a program called Gone to Pop where I went all around America um, to find out the benefits of medicinal cannabis and that. Right. And they're doing programs like the Best Exotic Marigold Hotel where it's all older people. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and if I'm ever asked to do a reality show, I just say, what age group? Because I don't want all the young reality people in there. I want people mm-hmm. that are older and wiser and that I can get on with and they're not worried about doing their makeup and make sure their hair looks good for social media or whatever. And I think like with programs like Loose Women, I think that's changed a lot because a lot of the women are older on there. We've got Gloria Mm. Honeyford who's like in her 70s, Janet Street Porter's in her 70s, I'm in my 60s. We have the younger Mm. ones as well, but I just think you need the older people sometimes because of our experience in life. Oh, oh, absolutely. And especially I think it's in times of crisis, like with the pandemic, it's even more important because we've lived through more yeah. and, we can, and we're probably better at coping with difficult situations. Yeah, I mean, the COVID pandemic, we're all dread talking about it, but how do you think that's affected older workers? Well, I think it has affected them. There's a lot of talk in the, in the, um, in the news and in the press about the younger workers. But about, if you look at the end of 2020, there are 141,000 fewer women over 50 working than there were before the pandemic started and 30,000 fewer men in the workplace. And I think that's a lot to do with the industry that women work in. So obviously retail is really badly affected. Hospitality has been really badly affected. And at the moment, we don't quite know where those new jobs are going to be that they can gravitate towards once the pandemic's over. It's too early to tell. Kerry, I think as we get older, we're more interesting and we're wiser. 
So I think there's a lot of advantages of getting older, do you? Oh, so much so. I think we touched earlier on how, first of all, we're less self-conscious about how other people see us. And I think we've got, we can see the bigger picture. You know, so rather than focus on the details, we can see the bigger picture and we've got so much information stored in our brains, we can come up with answers to problems very quickly. And also, we are so used to communicating across the generations. So we can see things from our, you know, our elderly parents' perspective, and also we've had that exposure to the younger people. So we can really see things in the round. And I think that doesn't just help us in life generally, but it's also a tremendous advantage in the workplace because we can bring that element of common sense and that little bit of wisdom to um, situations. And I personally think the post-pandemic, it's that sort of level-headedness that's going to be needed because even as we come out of this, we're back into uncharted territory, aren't we? Yeah, it's quite scary because every day you think, well, what am I allowed to do today? What tier are we in? Am I doing something that I shouldn't be doing? It's going to be weird, isn't it? It's going to be, mm. that's what I said, our kids will be talking about this when they grow up and that. Do you remember COVID? Hopefully it'll be a thing of the past then. A lot of the older people that I work with uh, have got so much wisdom, like Janet Street Porter. I think she's probably had it since she was born, actually. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Gloria Honeyford. I just find older people much more interesting than the younger ones because they're not just interested in taking selfies or how they look or whatever. They're just relaxed in their body. Absolutely. And I think I've got to showcase quite a few books on the website where we showcase first-time authors, and some of them have turned their own personal experiences into works of fiction, but it's kind of loosely based on their lives. And some of the stories and these experiences that people have had are absolutely fascinating. And you look at somebody who might be, you know, think about a very sort of uh, mild-mannered, calm, elderly lady today, and then you discover that she was a spy in the war, you know, when she was running missions behind enemy lines. And you just think, you just don't know, do you? The experiences that people have had when they were younger that have shaped them now that they're older. Because my agent's actually in her 70s, and I didn't really know much about her. I just knew that she's always worked in product placement. But then I found out one day that she nursed. She was a, a midwife first and then she nursed lady churchill oh wow i know yeah that's really really interesting and that's what's nice when you're talking to people you find out things that you don't know about and you think you know everything and then you, they come out with something you think oh my, wow i didn't know that tell us a little bit more about the midlife mot program and career reboot okay midlife mot program that's basically to take a snapshot of where you are in your life today understand where you want to move towards and then put a plan in place for you to get there so the midlife mot program includes looking at your finances because obviously that's really important to look at what sort of retirement you want when you can retire but really understanding what your finances look today what you need to spend in the future, what the gaps are, okay, how do you bridge that? We don't give financial advice. We just kind of have you, you know, walk through a series of exercises and then understanding, okay, given that, how long do you need to work for? What type of work do you want to do? Because not everybody wants to stay in the same job. Do you want to stay working in permanent employment? Have you always had that passion to set up your own business, in which case is now the time to do it? And then Work towards a plan, understanding what your skills are, what the implications are, and whether it's to actually reboot your career in terms of employment or set up a business, there are lots of tools and techniques to do that. 
And also within Midlife MIT, we look at your life in general and going back to the path, you know, following your passions outside of work. Because as we get older, the time shifts in terms of the, the amount of time we invest in our careers as opposed to the amount of time perhaps we've got to do things for ourselves. So how do you want to spend that time? Is it to do something absolutely new or is it perhaps to revisit things you are passionate about before you had a family that you've now got time to pursue again? So it's all that sort of thing, really. And relationships as well, being comfortable with yourself and then making sure your relationship can actually go through to retirement because obviously that changes in terms of the dynamics at home. And if you're single, you know, are you ready to actually go out there? Do you want to stay single or do you want to start dating again and find a new relationship, whichever suits you? So that's the midlife MOT. Career Reboot is very much more focusing on just the career aspects on that, but much meatier information in terms of how to navigate the job search process, breaking it down at every single stage to maximise your opportunity to be successful. anything left on your bucket list that you'd like to do? I want to go to Australia and I want to cuddle a koala. I know that's a really thing to ha- strange thing to have on your bucket list, but that's been on my bucket list for ages. But unfortunately, I don't see that any travel to Australia is going to happen too soon. No, I have been to Australia and I have cuddled a koala. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I was in I'm a Celebrity, get me out of here. And I took the kids um, after I was booted out, I took the kids to a zoo there and it was absolutely amazing. I think it was called Taronga Zoo. Um, oh, fabulous. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's, that's top of my list. Yeah, it is one of the most beautiful countries because it's just like the, the, the light there is absolutely amazing. I think it's because it's near the equator. Many, many years ago, I was offered a job in Sydney and I turned it down. Oh, no. Hello. Well, I, I was living in Canada at the time and I was terribly homesick. And I found the, obviously the Canadian winters were hard. And so somebody headhunted me for this job in Sydney. But I, obviously that was even further away from home than Ottawa was. And I thought, oh, no, that's even, that, no, that's even more miles to travel to go back for Christmas and to see family. So I didn't take it. And I always wonder what my life would have been like if I had just been brave enough to say yes. Yeah, yeah. Looking back, are there, are there things that you've, you regret that you didn't do? I know you've just said you regret you didn't go to Australia, but are there things that you think, oh, I wish I'd done that? Well, there are things that I wish I hadn't done. Like okay. I wish I hadn't married, <laughs> married my last husband, but that's another story. <laughs> I think, actually, there are things I regret. I think I regret not appreciating what I had when I had it. Because I think when we're younger, we can be, you know, even like we're younger, we think we're fat. When you look back at photographs, when you're sort of 18, 19, 20, I wasn't fat. No. But, you know, and things like that. So I think, well, now I'd be delighted to be like I was. I feel it, I feel exactly the same because I never thought I was that good looking. And I look back and I think, actually, I was all right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, I guess we take on all that criticism. But also, I think one thing you say then about being about looks when we were younger, I think we were more accepting of how we looked, weren't we? Because we didn't think, oh, we have to have Botox, the new nose. I mean, if you had a funny shaped nose, you just had a funny shaped nose. I mean, you didn't save up your money to go and have surgery to have it fixed. So I think. I don't think we had the same pressures on us then as people have now. Yeah, a lot of it's to do with social media. Obviously, we're young Absolutely. girls and photoshopping. Yeah. And we did a body stories campaign on loose women. And it was amazing, honestly, because all of us went in with our swimming costumes on, not one bit of makeup. Um, and the photographs were just exactly as we were. 
and then they were oh, put on, wow. they were put on big billboards and everywhere I went it was like oh no <laughs> oh no <laughs> but um yeah oh. I think you have to be more accepting of yourself as you get older as well don't you and just be comfortable you do. in your skin yeah and I think to a great extent we are more comfortable in our skin because we've got so much life experience that counts for more than how just how we look What is the best bit of advice you've ever been given? Can I give two bits? One is from my granddad, and I think it's been so worthwhile during the pandemic. Um, and before I was going off to Canada, um, I went for a long walk with him, and he said to me, now, we all know what we want, want in life, but think about what you can do without. And I think in this last 12 months, I think we've all recognised what it is that we can do without. So I think that has always been really good advice. And then my second good piece of advice was actually with, a, I guess, a boss that he really fast-tracked me in my career. He was terrific to work for. And he said to me, you have to make decisions. He said, if you make a decision, I will stand by you 100%, even if it's the wrong decision. If you don't make a decision at all and it all goes wrong, your job's on the line. <laughs> so I thought, oh, okay. But he said, you can't procrastinate in business. You have to keep, you have to make a decision to keep moving forward. So that stayed with me, I guess, for the last 35 years of my career. And what advice would you be giving to anyone taking on a new challenge later on in life? I think it depends what that challenge is, whether it's a personal challenge or a business challenge. I think it's to really recognise what it is that makes you passionate about that challenge. Why is it so important to you to do this? And I think if it's a business challenge or a career-related challenge, really think about the financial implications before you go headlong in. Think about that. A lot of people think they want to set up a business, but they don't do their market research. They invest an awful lot of time and energy. For instance, I was an expert actually with a project with the Times newspaper, and this one lady, she couldn't get a job. and She was in her 50s, and we took six unemployed people to see what they were doing wrong. She had a passion to become a therapist in a very niche area, spent two years doing a course, hadn't researched where the jobs were going to be at the end of it, so she spent all her money had to live off, obviously, her savings for two years and couldn't get a job at the end. And she thought she was her age, so was stopping her getting that job. In fact, nobody in a course had got a job, even the younger ones. So if you're going to make a major life change, do your research before you do it. So what's next, Kerry? What's next? Well, I guess I'm still doing things, obviously, on the Fab After 50 website. So lots of new tips and um, content going on there. And then also working still on the um, the career reboot as well to make sure that people have the tools once we come out of lockdown to go back to work or set up new businesses. It's going to be a difficult period ahead of us. And I think we all have to be as prepared as we can be to take advantage of any opportunities that come our way. Yeah. So what advice would you give me if I was thinking of giving up the acting profession? <laughs> I think what I'd like to do is be an agony aunt because I oh, just I just chat to people all the time when I get picked up for work and that I know the whole life story of the drivers and <laughs> I just love chatting to people and, and finding out all about them. So I'll get to work and I, I say, oh, I picked, uh, the man that picked me up today was from Turkey. He's got a wife, two kids. His kids are, one kid's at uni, the other one's at college. And, you know, like, so I know everything about them. I think it's just being nosy, Kerry. 
So why don't you do that then? <laughs> no, yeah. Set up your own agony art podcast. <laughs> well, I did that on Loose Women once, but they were really worried that that the audience was sending letters, and if, if one of them said, "Oh, my husband's cheated on me," I'd say, "Get rid of him." <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like good advice to me. I think so too. I know, yeah. Mm. If my husband cheated on me, I'd get rid of him. <laughs> We've had a lovely chat. It's been really nice speaking to you. And good luck Thank with you, Linda. all your future pursuits. And uh, hope, Thank you very much. Hopefully one day we get to meet in person. Thank you, Linda. Rowan Boulder has been brought to you by Zesty Life, the only over 50s life insurance provider with no waiting period. So what are you waiting for? Get your life insurance sorted out so you can get on with something more interesting. Visit zestylife.com or call the team for free on 0800 15 22 190 to get covered in minutes. 